Welcome to the Confidently Balance Your Hormones podcast. My name is Dee Davidson, and I'm a hormone health expert, master mindset coach, and multiple wellness business entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you experience hormone balance, confidence, self-love, and live a life full of joy. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Balance Your Hormones. This is your guide, Dee Davidson. Today, my special guest is someone I adore and admire. Stacy is a Hashimoto's warrior who is sure to inspire you. She has navigated the shadows of undiagnosed Hashimoto's and is here to share her story of hope and healing. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you, Dee. Great to be here. Before we uh, dive into your story, Stacy, I just want to share with our listeners what Hashimoto's is all about in textbook context, you know, the by the book diagnosis. So I'll start by saying that it is more common in women than men. And a significant amount of my clients either come to me with the diagnosis or it's uncovered when we do whole health functional labs. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disorder that affects the thyroid gland. The thyroid is a small butterfly shaped gland located in the front of the neck and it plays a crucial role in regulating various metabolic processes in the body by producing thyroid hormones. In Hashimoto's disease, the immune system mistakenly targets and attacks the thyroid issue. The immune response leads to inflammation and damage to the thyroid, which can result in gradual decline in thyroid function as a consequence. The thyroid may become underactive and it can uh, become the known condition as hypothyroidism. So that's the textbook definition that I looked up from my course. And, um, you know, when we think about some of the reasons that people get Hashimoto's, there, there are a variety of reasons. I say that the society that we live in now definitely sets us up for autoimmune in general and disease, unfortunately. But, you know, many people who are diagnosed have impaired detoxification, the environmental toxins that we're exposed to now are more than ever, even just 20 years ago. The oxidative stress, we're not uh, absorbing nutrition the way that we used to, and our food isn't as nutrient-dense as it used to be. Gut inflammation and infections, and I thought it was really interesting that uh, many people with thyroid conditions in, in general have gluten sensitivity, maybe not celiac, but gluten sensitivity and have no idea which affects the outcome. Autoimmunity and HPA axis dysfunction are things from, again, textbook where it stems or the root causes. I also like to add that I am very much about whole wellness and emotional well-being, and I do believe that we manifest some things through um, our emotions, things we suppress, traumas, people, you know, may think they haven't experienced traumas, but, you know, we all have in this lifetime and um, lifetimes before, I believe. So all of that, I believe, uh, again, transpires in our health. Would you agree before I move on to some of the symptoms? I absolutely agree and was impacted by that myself. So, yes. Yes. So sometimes people want me to tell them, you know, I had someone yesterday say, how many sessions till someone usually feels better? And I just laugh and I'm sure you do too, because I'm like, this isn't about sessions. Uh, healing 
in my book is a long-term journey. We are never really fully healed. We don't know how the body's going to respond. I don't know how many things you've been exposed to. I don't know what, how you're going to shake out these traumas. So it is all about not just the physical, but also the spiritual piece. And uh, some of that shows up in symptoms. So the difference between functional medicine or what I do and uh, traditional medicine is that doctors, and I'm not anti-doctor, we need them for things, they treat symptoms as opposed to looking at the whole body and how everything's connected as a constellation and affects one another. Um, and so they are constantly treating symptoms. And some of the symptoms of Hashimoto's tend to be uh, unexplained weight gain and difficulty losing weight despite maintaining a healthy diet or exercise routine, sensitivity to cold, uh, you know, cold temperatures, dry skin and hair, brittle hair, loss of hair, muscle and joint pain, constipation because their digestive system has slowed down, depression. So, you know, people are coming to me saying my mood has changed. I have no idea why I'm depressed. My life is so wonderful. Menstrual irregularities. Um, and memory concentration issues. And then, you know, the, the one that I think people uh, talk about the most is probably the swelling of the neck, which doesn't have to exist. It could be a combination of any of those things. So with all that being said, Stacey, I'm excited to have you share your story. And um, I know you suspected having something off with your body for a long time and you went undiagnosed, uh, which I hear a lot. So how did you finally arrive at the diagnosis of Hashimoto's? And tell us a little bit about your healing journey. Well, this is sort of a long and somewhat complicated story, but I'll do my best to give you and the listeners the shorter version. Um, a lot of what you said resonated with me. So back when I was in college, I experienced some health issues, which were mostly digestive. I was under a lot of stress in college. My parents were going through a divorce and it was a terrible time for me. And I remember my mom coming up and bringing me to many doctor's appointments and not getting any answers. All of my tests were coming back normal, um, but just, just no answers. So I truly believe that's when my Hashimoto's began, but I had no diagnosis. Um, mm. By this time in my life, I had obviously stopped seeing a pediatrician. And in my early 20s, I went to a gynecologist who felt my neck and said out loud that she thought there was probably an issue with my thyroid. So she ordered a TSH test. Um, I had no cl clue what that was um, at the time. And I didn't think to ask at that young age, what is the TSH test? What, you know, the thyroid stimulating hormone. Um, the test came back normal. Um, you know, it was at a perfect level. So we never discussed it again. Um, I didn't see a primary care physician regularly throughout my 20s, but I continued to see a gynecologist who continued to order this TSH test every year. And every year it was normal. I didn't feel my best during this time, particularly in my mid twenties. Um, I was, but I was busy. I was focused on building my career and my adult life and health wasn't my top priority. I just thought my issues like my slow metabolism, the dry skin and hair, the cold intolerance and the hair loss were from my genetics. And I just accepted it. All the things you talked about day. Fast forward to my mid thirties when I experienced fertility issues and sadly had two miscarriages in a row, which resulted in me seeking professional help. I underwent many tests, as I'm sure you are familiar with, Dee, and once again, all results came up normal. So like you, my infertility was unexplained. However, one of those doctors who was part of the team of specialists was an endocrinologist who felt my neck again and did determine I had an enlarged thyroid, otherwise known as a goiter. She also felt nodules on my thyroid and ordered a biopsy. When I went for the biopsy at her office, 
they were not able to locate one nodule to biopsy. So then they sent me to the hospital where the equipment was better and a radiologist was on site to review results. So off I went and even at the hospital, they couldn't find a large enough nodule to biopsy. The head of radiology came into the room and told me I had an ugly thyroid, but there wasn't anything to be concerned about because the thyroid tissue was homozygous, which meant it was all the same with very like a lot of small little nodules. So he nor the endocrinologist ever told me I had an autoimmune thyroid disease named Hashimoto's, but there's no doubt that is what I had. I was almost 37 at the time. Wow. After all the testing, I did have my second child at 38 and once again got busy with life and put my health on the back burner. When I turned 40, I decided it was time to prioritize my health because I was getting older. I should have a PCP. I found one. And once again, she felt my neck and immediately knew there was something wrong. I told her I knew I had an enlarged thyroid, but have been told that it functions normally. She referred me to an endocrinologist who did confirm I had multinodule goiter and sent me for another ultrasound. The first radiologist who read the report said I had a large nodule that needed to be biopsied. And they once again sent me to the hospital to have it done. But once again, the technician couldn't find one to biopsy. The head of radiology came back into the room and said, remember me, I'm the one with the ugly thyroid. And he stated for me to continue to have my thyroid ultrasounds every one to three years, but there was nothing to be concerned about. I continued to see my endocrinologist who basically monitored my thyroid levels like TSH, T3, T4, but never spoke of the antibody levels or autoimmunity. By my mid forties, I started to feel very ill. I had chronic fatigue, sinus and digestive issues. I experienced major hair loss and some skin issues. I wasn't getting any answers from my PCP or my endocrinologist who told me I was a boring case because my blood tests were normal. I know, so frustrating. She actually said that. <laughs> so I decided to take matters into my own hands. I had a colleague who referred me to a chiropractor who also practiced functional medicine. I went to see her in 2016 and brought whatever test results I had with me. She reviewed the ones from my endocrinologist back from 2013, which actually showed my thyroid peroxidase antibody levels greater than 1300. This is one of the That's tests insane. that indicates insane. 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 And my endocrinologist never even said anything to me because she only- Someone who's specialized in hormones. That's exactly right. Here I am at 45, probably 25 years after I had my first symptoms with a potential answer to what happened to me. Can you imagine how eye-opening it was? So from there, I just started to do all my own research. And with the assistance of the functional practitioner, we started to test everything. Like you always say, tests don't guess, right? So Definitely. that's when I learned I was critically anemic. My ferritin was, which is your iron storage, as you yes. know, was at yep. a five. Was that a wow. five? Wow. This is, I just want to stop you right there because I have Nothing. a lot of people that come to me who the solution is just take iron. And I always tell people you need to investigate. You don't, you're not just low on iron typically. And you know that uh, my son, Jake, you know, Jake very well. He also had, he was anemic at age three and we found out he had all these polyps in his intestinal tract. There is a reason why you're anemic. So that, that again is a big red flag. Huge. So exactly that, the functional doctor put me on a heavy iron supplement, even though she knew that there was contributing factors, but she said, let's address this, right? So I was also suggested, suggested at the time to give up um, gluten and dairy. 
So I was very good about giving up the dairy, which actually helped so much with my sinus issues. It's unbelievable. I went off taking a decongestant almost daily for decades to nothing, to nothing. Um, But I was still feeling a lot of chronic fatigue. I was dizzy. I was lightheaded from being anemic. And I was trying to do the gluten, but I wasn't super, super strict with it. Um, But I, I just kept, you know, trying to focus on what I needed to focus on, right? I couldn't function at the level that I was used to, someone with a demanding full-time job, two children, a home to take care of, et cetera, right? So I kept trying to push myself and ultimately, you know, I was crashing. So I spoke with my PCP about my anemia and she knew I was on an iron supplement for seven months and wasn't able to move the needle on my ferritin. So she tells me, you must have internal bleeding. And I said, "Eternal bleeding. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so young. What, you know, well, you could have colon cancer." So she orders an endoscopy and a colonoscopy. And at the same time that this is happening, I discovered a woman, Dr. Isabella Wentz, who has Hashimoto's. And she wrote several books. One called "The Root Cause" and the other called "Hashimoto's Protocol." So I started to follow her on social media, and I read both of her books, and I learned so much about my condition. And it was such a life-changing moment for me. And I told myself if my test results were normal from the endoscopy and colonoscopy. And I didn't have any answers from the traditional medical doctors that I would follow Dr. Wentz's protocol. And that's exactly what happened. So within just a few months, I was able to raise my ferritin from a five to a 26. And ultimately within a year, I got to an optimal range. And I did this with diet and lifestyle change alone. And I'm going to stop you again, because this is the thing, right? Is that, you know, like, the person that came to me yesterday and said, how many sessions till this is usually healed? Uh, You know, it's not about taking a supplement, right? We have to slow down and make the lifestyle changes. I can totally relate to the gluten thing. I also have gluten sensitivity. And sometimes you have to make hard choices, but it's you're choosing your health and your longevity or is the gluten more important? Absolutely. And had I done, not done my own research and worked with a functional practitioner, I would have just been listening to the doctor and just going down a terrible path. And sometimes, like you said, we need these traditional MDs, right? We need them. Of but course. You have to make sure that you know, you're looking at it holistically, right? So I finally did hear a medical talk- doctor use the term Hashimoto's, and it was the radiologist at Rhode Island Hospital. And I was probably 48 years old, right? So that's the first time after decades of being undiagnosed or at least brought to my attention, you know, that I had this condition. So I continued to see my endocrinologist until I was 50. I addressed the fact that I have Hashimoto's with her, but she doesn't treat it. She treats hypo and hyperthyroidism uh-huh. and that's and that's it. And I told her about my, my journey to wellness and her response was, that's you know, that's not what I studied in school, you know? And I haven't seen her in a couple of years now. I, I know I need to get back. I need to have these doctors in my life, but I know what it takes to be healthy, yes. you know, because of the, the research that I've done and the work with the functional practitioner, which is so helpful. Um, you know, you, you have to take the matter in your own hands. You really, you really do. It's true. So, and I, you know, I'm so proud of you for being an advocate for yourself. And again, if you're listening and you're suspecting that something is off with your body, you're probably right. You know, Stacy and I have both been there with our unexplained infertility, you know, with my son and his gut health issues. Um, you have the right to ask hard questions. And if that doctor or that person can't answer you, move on to the next. Or like Stacy, look for the person who can help you. And, you know, so I know it can be overwhelming with uh, Dr. Google and Instagram and all these followers, but, um, you know, look for someone who is going to look at the whole picture. Because when we run functional medicine 
labs, we're not we're not treating the paper, we're listening, we're treating the person, which is so important that you get someone who's looking at all of the pieces and connecting the dots. I mean, this affected your life in so many ways, Stacey. I know you had your unexplained infertility. You still had to go to work. You have a successful career. You had a couple of kids you had to take care of. Um, you know, how, how did this affect your confidence? You know my business is confidently love yourself. How did it affect your confidence? It was really difficult having um, Hashimoto's and it, and it really did a number on my confidence for a long time, because as I mentioned earlier, I always just pushed myself. I come from a family of, you know, people that, that have that type of attitude, right? So to be beaten down, to, to actually have something that you, that really wasn't in your control or it felt out of my control, especially when I had the miscarriages, right? I really felt, felt beaten down. But once I had the knowledge about what to do, um, and, and how to change my lifestyle and some of the maybe habits or some of the diet, you know, dietary changes, it really boosted my confidence, right? It really made me feel empowered. I was going to um, say that- empowered is the word that that comes to mind. And I know you and I, we talk a lot spiritual as well and taking your power back and not taking on a diagnosis with all of my clients and friends and family. I am such a stickler of not making your quote unquote, diagnosis your identity, because you can heal and you're here living proof of that, that the body can heal. And um, you don't want to just take on an identity of a, a diagnosis. I agree. So what were some of the changes that that you made, like maybe give us some of the top things that you know, helped you heal when you were following this doctor and you, you know, you got your numbers up with your iron and all of that? What are some of the major changes that you made that made a shift for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I always thought I ate a healthy diet when I always exercise regularly, but you know, what I learned D is that, you know, what's healthy for one person may not be healthy for another. And you talk about that a lot, Bravo, right? So, yes. Yeah. Preach. When I was sick, <laughs> yeah. When I was sick, I was eating more of a plant-based diet for years involved a lot of grains and a lot of legumes and not a lot of animal protein. I just, I kind of thought that was healthy. But for me, that really wasn't healthy. And I absolutely have leaky gut and I needed to heal it. Um, and, and for me, that meant following um, for a short period of time, an autoimmune paleo diet, right? Yes. Um, and I also t- did take some supplements um, at the direction of my functional doctor and the guidance of um, Dr. Wentz. And I also switched out some of my personal care products and cleaning products to reduce the toxins. And you, know, you came into my life for a reason, right? And introduced some of that to me. Um, I, again, I always thought I was doing the right thing, but you've talked about this plenty, right? Like what's good for one, everybody's different. So I did switch to that autoimmune paleo diet for a short period of time. I was able to introduce some things back into my diet. Um, and then I tailor accordingly as it goes, but the big ones are the ones you talk about, right? Gluten, dairy, um, you know, the, the, and then the mindfulness, right? So outside of the diet, the mindfulness, we all think like, oh, I'm not stressed, right? But really practicing not just your physical wellness, but your mental wellness is so important in your healing journey. And then I'd say lastly, like what you've talked about a lot with, you know, giving your body the, 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 the time to rest. Sleep is so important, especially for people with autoimmunity. And, and when you're in, when you're trying to heal, especially with a leaky gut, Hashimoto's, don't feel guilty. You should, you people should not be, Hashimoto's people should not be running marathons, right? And, and they should be, you know, making sure that they're getting the rest that they need. Um, and, and, and they're not, you know, those stressors, they really can 
produce a lot of flares. So you've got to watch those. So that those are all the things that I did. And again, like I've done very, very well and managed my autoimmunity, but I have times when I, you know, I flare as well. And I just have to get myself back in check with those things. Sure, sure. And so for the, I do find that in general, um, we attract like-minded people. So I guess that's why my practice is a lot of People like you and I who are go-getters, type A, if you will, overachievers, and we tend to manifest a lot of these autoimmune um, diseases. Unfortunately, we just drive our bodies with with stress. So what are some of your stress-relieving practices? I know people go, oh, well, I can't do meditation or I can't just you know sit for 20, 30 minutes a day. What are some things that people can do simply um, on a daily basis to help bring down that stress? Yeah. Uh, for me, number one is, is, is getting outside and, and getting in nature. I gave up my treadmill, you know, about five years ago now. And even if it's only for five or 10 minutes, you know, breathing the fresh air, putting the phone down, um, getting away from the computer, making sure that you're, you're out in fresh air and listen, it's not easy here in new England. I know that. Right. So, you know, it's snowy or it's raining. Well, we have gear for that, right? Put on a rain jacket, put on your rain boots, put on your winter coat. I know you don't love the cold. Day, put on your snowshoes. <laughs> yeah, get, 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 on, get your little socks on and your mittens and, and just get out there, right? And so um, I do that every day. I get outside every day. I would say also, I always um, wake and go to bed um, with a little gratitude practice. And again, it can be 30 seconds, right? But I have a couple of different um, meditations and mantras that I, you know, I, I say in my head or, you know, what am I grateful for today? Or um, I follow Deepak Chopra. I love him um, and read his books and, and listen to his podcast. And right. So he he gives he gives just um, great advice on how to just calm the mind a little bit. And again, it doesn't take much. You talk a lot about grounding. Try to do that as well um, when the weather, you know, allows me to do that. But for me, nature um, and just a little quiet time. And again, you have to continue the practice, just like people, you know, really focus on the physical exercise. I got to make sure I exercise, you know, every day. I, when I fall out of my practice of, of, of um, the, you know, the mental and the spiritual, I can instantly tell. And I think I'm doing great. I'm going, oh, everything's great. And then all of a sudden, you know, my attitude might be not too great one day. And I'm like, what's going on? What's wrong? Oh, I fell out of my practice. That's why you've got to stay yes. with it. Consistency is key. So yes, and I love that you use the word practice because every single day we all have to practice. It's it's ongoing, and maybe we're practicing uh, a little differently, but we do have to practice. And the question that I ask women is, what are you doing for just five minutes for yourself? We're so busy doing for our job, for our kids, for our partners, for our friends, and put yourself in the situation that you are a friend. What would you do to help that person? You have to help yourself. And you and I talk about this all the time because let's face it, you know, a lot of our friends, they don't take the time and we go, oh my gosh, like we really worried about that person or they need to take the time. And it's not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. I know that you're also a big advocate for self-care. Um, just five minutes, start with five minutes and then maybe 10 minutes. And then maybe you can, you know, do something for 20 minutes a day, but just start with that five minutes a day for yourself. It's, it's so important. It is. I love that you use that word practice. So how are you able to maintain this lifestyle? This is a big thing. Um, one of my clients said to me, you'll laugh uh, this week, she sent me a, a 
a voice text and she said she was really upset with me. You know, here I am, her practitioner and coach. She said, I have no reason to be upset with you, but I'm so upset with you. Sometimes I'm so angry because I'm the one that has to deliver like this is what it's going to take with your lifestyle you know, with it, whether it be dietary restrictions or in some of them, like you said, they're, they're not forever, but you have to, you have to accept that to get to the place of healing, you may need to eliminate some things for, you know, three months, six months, maybe longer. And um, so people listening may think like, how the heck can I go from this lifestyle that I've had, you know, you weren't diagnosed until your 40s? How do how do I how do I do this for a long term? Everything I believed, everything that I do, I go Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all these holidays with my family and, and what they eat and traditions. How do I maintain this for myself? Yeah. All right. So for, for me, it's really easy. And I think it's easy for you too. And the reason why is because there's no price, there's no price tag on feeling good, right? So if I stray from my good practices, like I mentioned, I can immediately feel the impact. And to me, my health is the number one priority. And if I don't have it, I don't have anything. But, you know, what I would suggest to to folks that are, are struggling, right, is to kind of give yourself a break and, and go back to what we said earlier. Just try to take the steps to make it happen. You don't have to do it all at once. Go in baby steps, right? Take take the five minutes. Or if you if you don't, if you get off track, you know, one day on Thanksgiving, don't beat yourself up for it. Just get back up the day after Thanksgiving and set your intentions good for that day. So we, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. There are definitely days that I have things that I probably shouldn't be having. I was on vacation last week and I enjoyed myself. And I, you know, I ate some sourdough bread, avocado toast, and I didn't ask if it was gluten-free. You know, I just, I just did it and I felt great and I had a great time this week. I'm feeling a little bit, you know, I'm feeling it in my sinuses. My eyes are a little puffy. Um, I'm, I'm a little, I don't have the same energy, right? So I just told myself this week, you got to get back on track. Last week, you had a little fun, um, but you got to get back on track. But, you know, it, it eventually over time, when you start feeling good, you realize it's, it's it becomes easy because that's how you want to feel all the time, right? So right. just, it just for me, that's how it works. I think that's how it works for you. I think it becomes infectious, right? Once yes. you actually feel those results, then you say like, I don't want to go back to, to feeling like that's that. Right. So I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to prioritize my health. And you can have all the money in the world and all the friends in the world. And you just it doesn't matter if you're not healthy. It just doesn't matter. It's priority number one, sister. It's so true. And we see it as we we get a little bit older, right? Unfortunately, we are seeing it um, with the people around us who are suffering with their health or even, you know, not here with us anymore um, that, you know, could have all of the wealth and material things. But without your health, you said it perfectly. You don't have anything. Um, it's just you can't enjoy it, right? We work so hard and then you can't enjoy it. That's right. So, so what would you like to say to anyone listening who is suffering or suspecting hormone issues? What are some of your reputable resources? I know you mentioned that doctor. What are some people that you follow and um, what's some advice you want to give them? Well, I would say to them that it's super important to be working with someone, especially because there's so much information out there, right? And like you said, Dr. Google, um, whatnot, there are so many people that you can follow and you're going to probably get some conflicting information. So I think it's super important to find someone who is trained in this area, someone like yourself, Dee, um, that, that can really make a difference. 
Um, you mentioned a lot, test, not guess. Do not guess. Get the test. Find out where you're at. And then find out what you can put in place, you know, to make the changes that you need to make. And don't give up because, you know, you are important. We talked about that, right? You you have to put yourself first. And if you put it off, inevitably, your body's going to going to come back and, and, and tell you that, you know, things so are true. not right. You have to listen to your body, understand those are cu- the cues for you. We talked about the fact that the body is an amazing thing. It can heal it. You have to give it what it needs to heal though, emotionally, yes. physically. So um, I would say don't ignore symptoms, make sure that you're working with someone that you, that you trust um, that can give you good information Um but but just just don't give up on yourself, right? It's important. That's true. If you show up for your body, it will certainly show up for you. And sometimes it's not easy, but have compassion and love and forgiveness. You know, some of the things that um, have showed up in our health, we have to have forgiveness. You know, I know a lot of people beat themselves up over um, getting to where they're at, but nothing is, is, is permanent. We can help to heal the body and functional labs can be done. If anyone's interested, I'll post the link under this episode. I do also know that insurance doesn't cover it because they don't look at preventative, uh, you know, measures and, and medicine. Unfortunately, I know that it can be a financial strain. I do offer a 15 month um, no interest plan because you are worth it. And I, I'll leave it on this note that I want you to think about how much the last family vacation took if you're listening, right? What did that take financially? Or that um, really nice car that you're driving, cars are not inexpensive and we have choices, but sometimes we pick things that are more luxurious, which is okay, there's nothing wrong with that, but just put your health at that same level of priority, friends, because once you lose your health, it's much, more difficult to to regain it. So thank you so much for being on today, Stacey. I appreciate you. I love you. And I know that there are people out here that needed to hear this message today. Thank you so much for having me. And I love you too. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Confidently Balancing Your Hormones. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend and also hit follow at the top of this podcast. If you have a couple of minutes and you can leave a quick review, it will help other women in need find this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at confidently underscore love underscore yourself. I would love to stay connected and hear from you.